It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The biggest breaking news stories and outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. Good morning to you. Thank you very much indeed for your company. Um, very, very busy news day, especially for a Friday. Lots to get through. Some really great news. I mean, really fabulous news. A fourth vaccine. I mean, the more vaccines we've got, um, not only have we got the more chance of making sure we can deal with new variants and, and just uh, tackle things, but also, uh, rather crucially, uh, the fact that the UK, uh, through Kate Bingham, uh, who was in charge of this, um, and I've said all credit to her, hats off. The woman did a great job just ordering huge numbers of vaccines, doses from a huge number of different sources so that whenever they came through, we would get access to them first. And uh, what a great job she's done there. And we can contrast that with what a terrible job the EU uh, has done and the ongoing battles over AstraZeneca and now including Pfizer as well. Uh, raids uh, on, uh, on on factories uh, in, in Belgium at the behest of the European Commission, uh, threats of uh, basically withholding vaccines from the UK if we don't get some of the vaccine supply here. Boris Johnson at uh, odds with uh, locking horns with Nicola Sturgeon over whether or not some basically some confidential data is released which could actually help the EU's battles. Um, it's all an extraordinary, extraordinary row, but it all comes down to um, we we did in this country do a darn sight better job than the EU in making sure that our people got vaccinated first. That's kind of the big all and end of it. So we are going to be talking to Professor Carl Hennigan a little bit later as well after this um Frankly, I mean, toxic debate, absolutely toxic uh, about anyone who speaks up and criticises any aspect of government policy or questions any of the data. Even a professor of evidence-based medicine at Oxford University, by the way, um, uh, will get extraordinary amounts of abuse and name-calling. So we're going to talk to him about all of that. Joining me for all the chat this morning, someone I know would never do name-calling and certainly would not expect him to have any name-called as him, is Benjamin Butterworth, who's late <laughs> editor at the IP. But if you do, you come and tell me and I'll sort them out. Good morning to you, Benjamin. That's a deal. Good morning, Julia. Good morning. Lovely to speak to you. Let's talk about the good news first. New vaccine, fourth to be made on Teesside. 60 million doses were ordered in advance of Novavax. Uh, looks very promising. 89% efficacy. I'll take that. Yeah, it sounds fantastic. And, you know, given this row with the EU and the threats that they're putting in place to have another vaccine that's come from Britain, I think it'll be made in Teesside, is is great news. And I think it shows now that we have far in excess of the number of doses that we need. And so that means hopefully that we can get through our most vulnerable population and then help the EU and other countries in the future once we've vaccinated our own 
people that need it most yes. at the moment. Um, and absolutely. And this is very much a key part of the big row we've got uh, at the moment. I mean, one of the key things about the Oxford AstraZeneca uh, jab is partly developed with uh, uh, British taxpayers' work, you know, fun- funding people at Oxford University doing magnificent work there. Is It is by far the cheapest jab that's been on offer so far and one that doesn't involve, you know, huge amounts of cold storage or, uh, you know, minus 70 degrees. And therefore it's a jab that can actually really easily and cheaply be distributed around much poorer countries. And that is very much the hope. And there's a, a you know, absolute uh, dedication that that is what will happen. But it is understandable, is it not? I don't know. You're, this is the thing. These, like, when people talk about being citizens of nowhere and, and being European rather than British, um, does, does that extend all the way to I don't really care whether an 80-year-old in in Italy gets the vaccine before an 80-year-old in Britain gets the vaccine? Because... It really doesn't for me. For me, it's like, no, we paid our taxes for the government. I mean, elected a government to do the job to look after us. And I want priority given to the British people by the British government. Do you agree with that? Or do you think that we should just be sharing across uh, the whole of Europe or indeed the whole of the world? I mean, given that borders are closed at the moment and that basically nobody is going in and out, uh, I don't think there's an argument to give it to someone in another country who's very vulnerable before someone who is very vulnerable in our own. Uh, We're not in that. That's the place we want to get to. We want to get to a point where there is a risk of people going between countries and that's why we have to expand it to everyone else. But we can't yet even get that far because our borders are totally closed. And I think, you know, at the moment, it's, it's not a question about uh you know, giving it to different countries because the question about the EU and them wanting some of our vaccines is fairly straightforward in essence. You know, they did the deal later. They didn't have the agreement with the providers that we have got and that's why we're getting it first. And it's not an honest argument from from the EU Commission to try and take some of our doses on those claims. It's simply not fair. And I don't think it has anything to do, well, it has a lot to do with Brexit, but whether you're a Brexiteer or not has nothing to do with this situation. The EU is just trying to make up for its mistakes. Except the decision to, I mean, lots of people on the Remain side argued that it, you know, it was wrong to leave the EU full stop. It was definitely wrong to sort of leave the European Medicines Agency. And when the European Medicines Agency, you know, packed up its boxes and, and its staff and, and moved uh, to uh, to the, uh, the EU base, uh, because, of course, London was never going to be the base of, a, of an EU agency, there were, there were claims that, you know, this would cost lives. This was a terrible decision. When the British government decided to not go along with the EU27, even though we were still in the transition period, and could legally, you know, legally with any EU 27 country could have decided not to uh, go in as a, as a joint body on this in terms of negotiating for vaccines. Um, again, that, that was their decision. And again, these are accountable national governments who, who, whose people should have, you know, give their verdict on that, uh, in my view. But but we, we when we decided to go it alone, again, people said there will be blood on the prime minister's hands for not doing that. As it is, the decision to go it alone will undoubtedly, I mean, nothing even up for discussion will have saved thousands of lives. That is quite an extraordinary thing. And yeah, I, I, I don't see much praise from that side for the Prime Minister on that. Look, I agree with you. We were totally right. And, you know, what's got lost in this is that one of the reasons the EU was much slower was because it was trying to negotiate down the price. Yeah. So people in EU countries 
uh, with the exception of the AstraZeneca vaccine, which is being rolled out cost everywhere, many of their vaccines will cost them less than it will cost us. That's what they achieve. That's a benefit. So, you know, some people might value that. But the truth is, given the cost of lockdown to the economy yeah. and to people's well-being, I think the cost of, you know, a couple of euros or a couple of quid difference in, in, in all the vaccines you're buying really was irrelevant. And that's a difference that the decision that Britain made. And I think it was yeah. totally the right one. The drop in the ocean. Well, let's get the point that AstraZeneca's boss has made that they're actually they're selling the vaccine at the same price to everybody. So uh, there we are. But what do you make of the row with Nicola Sturgeon? I mean, this is in front of the Telegraph, for instance. Nicola Sturgeon was last night accused of siding with the EU in its battle with the UK over vaccine doses. Scottish First Minister pledged to publish confidential vaccine data, despite warnings that the information could jeopardise the UK's supply. Um, the idea is she'll reveal how many vaccine doses her nation expects each week from different companies to counter claims that she's um, she's failing to roll out the vaccine in Scotland at speed. But she's been accused of showboating trying to curry favour with the EU. The crucial thing here is that by giving that information, she will be able to show that, you know, the, the, the terms of the uh, the contract deal that we, that we in the UK have uh, with AstraZeneca. And that will help the EU because they, they want AstraZeneca to publish their, their, their contract with the EU. Of course, these are confidential documents. Um, it, it would be a breach of those documents to actually, to actually put that data into the public domain. Um, but again, a lot of this is... I mean, frankly, I think I mean it's not only virtually criminal what the EU has done in terms of their failings on this. It is, it it, it, it is laughable as well. I mean, you want, you want to laugh and cry at the same time because they are they are blaming everybody, um, raiding raiding uh, you know factories producing vaccines uh, in Brussels. Um, you know the the the, invest, the regulators going in, the police going in, more trips planned. Um, simply this complete breakdown of trust between the people making the vaccines uh, and the and and the European Commission, which is utterly utterly bizarre, given that you know the the, the companies making the vaccines who develop you know, they're doing you know they're doing the good work that we need. Why would they not want to roll out as many vaccines as possible and sell them to as many companies and, and countries and organisations as possible? I mean, it it doesn't even make sense. This is an awful lot of um trying to well trying to make themselves trying to cover their own backs from the EU isn't it but do you think Nicola Sturgeon is is correctly being criticized for trying to help them yes i do uh, I think I think that the EU Commission is trying to look after their own mistakes. It's trying to avoid taking responsibility. And one of the most stupid things about this is that, as you say, they're trying to produce as many doses as fast as possible. But as soon as we've got through our most vulnerable 15 million by the 15th of February, as is planned, and we're perfectly on course to do, and it's incredible that you know, the UK is managing to do that, it really is uh, an amazing success story. But once we've done that i think this government our government the uk government that is should uh, start sending doses out to some of these other eu countries with their most vulnerable that i think would be fair enough so when the eu is trying to disrupt the cycle and is trying to play politics with where the ones being produced right now goes doesn't make any sense yeah. because that mass production that we've got here is going to benefit them in a month's time and it's very narrow-minded and it's got far more to do with playing politics than it has looking after people's health yeah absolutely i have to say i'm i i i'm really happy for us to help you know make sure that the rest of the world gets vaccine and and we know that the uk has put in more money by about 100 million uh, into a, a campaign uh, to you know, a body pledging to 
basically roll out mm-hmm. vaccines to uh, much poorer countries that can't afford them. Um, but um, I'm sorry, I, I want the British people looked after first. And that and that includes if, again, if just vaccinating the over 70s doesn't lead to a fall in infections, which is what many medics and scientists are saying. Um, again, we, lots, you know, lots will play out and we will see in the real world how this all works. Um, then, I'm sorry, I, I would rather we were vaccinating 30-year-olds here in the UK than 80-year-olds in Italy. And I'm really, really sorry about that. It's not that I don't care about them. It's just that we have a duty of care to our own first, in my view. Um, what do you make of the battles in the, uh, over Boris Johnson's trip to uh, Scotland yesterday to a vaccine facility? Nicola Sturgeon had said in advance that it was non-essential travel. It was in breach of uh, you know, Scottish and, and English uh, travel rules. Uh, the Prime Minister's uh, allies pointing out, well, you know, he is the Prime Minister of Scotland, whether the First Minister likes it or not. And, and, uh, and you know, he's entitled to, to visit and, uh, and they'd be complaining. In fact, I think they have complained that, oh, you don't visit, you don't pay any attention to Scotland, but then they complain when he does visit. Um, do you think she was right to make those criticisms? No, I, th- I thought it was comically absurd. It was so small-minded. I mean, look, the Prime Minister, he's Prime Minister of Scotland, as you say, and he has visited all sorts of places that are producing the vaccine, uh, you know, police officers uh, in the past months of the pandemic, and no one said anything because they were in England. Strangely, that was never noted as a problem. But just because he goes across that border, it becomes yeah. a problem. But here's the stupid thing for me, is that when she made that criticism, which I just thought was a nonsense, then Jacob Rees-Mogg got up in Parliament uh, and called her a name, uh, Moni something, I forget the exact name. And it just seemed so counterproductive that this ridiculously posh Exitonian in Westminster mocking Nicola Sturgeon is just going to backfire and turn the Scottish people against Westminster. And what frustrated me about the episode is that I just thought it was the worst of both of them, where they were both looking bad. But the fact is that Scottish independence is the big threat here and Westminster and Boris Johnson and the Tories really need to get their act together and and stop playing into their hands. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley-Brewer on Talk Radio. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give me a good review. And don't forget to catch me on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 until 10. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.